right, all right. This is it. We are here. We are doing it. Uh, check one, check two, check three, check 2085.333. Welcome to the Cannabis Coffee Hour with your host, me, Rob Cantrell, coming back once again, ready to win, win, win. All I do is win, 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 win. I don't even know. What is winning? <laughs> welcome, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Cannabis Coffee Hour. I'm in a remote location, meaning uh, uh, a Marriott hotel, uh, doing some work, doing some things, checking in with some fam. Uh, I'm kind of on the road, uh, but I'm filming this at a hotel room. Uh, I'm not huffing mad weed, but uh, it's got great hotel coffee. The one thing I love about hotels now is that they have infinite amount of, most hotels, not all of them, but usually when you check in, they always got coffee there, especially the Marriott's, places that have free breakfasts. That's what you want with a hotel. You want free coffee, you want free breakfast, and you want a gym, this is my move. I go to the gym, but I take the yoga mat and I bring it in my room and I do yoga and all that. I do my, I do my uh, seven Tibetan, oh no, five Tibetan, I'm kind of too loud. <laughs> uh, I do my five Tibetan stretches. And then today I did, I put on Lao Tzu The Way. Um, which is this like Buddhist text that's like super heavy. Well, not even heavy, it really gets to the, I just, simple designs. I love me some simple designs. Uh, and that's what I love about this podcast. It's the cannabis coffee hour. I drink some coffee, um, I have some cannabis, and I uh, talk to you. And I also talk to guests. I had a couple guests, I had some big dogs, uh, uh, almost lined up, but people are getting busy, which I do dig. And my friends are moving up in the ladders of entertainment or whatever, and uh, they're doing some cool, exciting things, so I don't pressure them too hard to knock out a podcast. But I do like doing it, and I also like doing it with California pe people that are far away with this new uh, Zoom technology. Even though I'm very suspect with Zoom, like I paid the extra 100 bucks to do the exceeding, I thought I was gonna get like a space shuttle or something because I put down 100 bucks for the uh, for the infinite Zoom, but it didn't really change anything because I'd only talked to one person. I, maybe I gotta figure out some switches. I'm not super tech tech, um, but I do think uh, I can figure shit out, you know? I think everybody can figure shit out if you just, you know, work with it a little bit. Um, not, you know, you can figure out brain surgery. You can figure out uh, how to make guacamole properly. With me making guacamole, um, two avocados, uh, I do two avocados. You know, sometimes you do one because getting two perfectly ripe avocados, that's a that's a timing chore in its essence right there. But if you can get two, then you can get the, the party started. Uh, two ripe avocados. I like to go with a cut lime. I love fresh lime juice, but sometimes I use it out of the bottle. You always got that lemon or lime juice in the fridge that's just been there forever. That and syrup. There's certain condiments in every household that are laying around. But lime juice in the bottle is all right, but fresh lime, Everything fresh, same thing with cannabis. I'll talk about cannabis here in a minute, but let me finish up what I think is some bomb-ass guacamole. It's two avocados, fresh cilantro. Get the fresh cilantro from that day. The only thing is, but the thing is cilantro is super cheap and you can get a bunch of it, but it's only as good with like some Mexican stuff um, and you gotta chop it really fine. That's what I have found and you, you just get the leaves. You get the fresh cilantro, it's like 50 cents to a dollar quarter at whatever grocery mart you're at. You get the fresh cilantro, and then you, I pluck the leaves. I can de-stem that from all the 
years of rolling weed and cleaning weed, yeah, uh, I can fuck up some kale and some cilantro. I clean that bad boy, man. I get just the good leaves. So you get the good leaves and then you chop it really good. Get those enzymes popping. And then I put it in the uh, fresh, I squeeze, I don't even measure, man. I just squeeze some uh, fresh lime in there, throw some cilantro, some salt. I'm trying to cut down my salt a little bit. We'll talk about the heart pressure here in a minute. But uh, I went to the doctor, but I'm good. I got everything good, but I talked to him. I touched base about the heart. Um, but yeah, you get some fresh cilantro, salt, pepper. Sometimes, you know, my girl doesn't like spicy food, but I'll just get a little, little sprinkle of chili powder. Chili powder's crazy. That shit's like, that shit's like ketamine. You gotta, that's powerful fucking shit. So with chili, I just barely dust it because I've ruined shit putting too much chili pepper or chili powder onto stuff. But if you just dust it slightly, it kind of gives that, uh. um, and chopped chipotles, I guess that's another like leaf you can get in there if you can, but I don't. Usually I just go with avocados, lime, salt and pepper, cilantro, red onion. Red onion, finely chopped, that's how I like it. For some reason that green and red kind of pops. You can go with regular onion, you can even do scallions, but a red onion, they talk about like eating, like you want to eat a lot of color. You want the green, green leaves, you know? You want the red, red onion. You want the, uh, you know, if you're gonna get a steak, you want that steak to be, you know, you want that blood to look good. Have you ever had like a cheap steak? I haven't eaten steak in a minute, but I, you know, back in my day, I fucked up some steaks. I, I would make pork chops. I do all kinds of crazy shit. Um, but you ever get some sketchy steaks, man? I did that a couple times. Uh, and you cook them on the grill and they just look, they don't look like the juice juice. Um, keeping it simple. But today is cannabis and coffee. Like I said, hotel coffee, I just run on it. Uh, but I always got to remember to drink more water. I don't have a Nalgene bottle with me on the road. But uh, at home I've been crushing this big fat Nalgene and that's been, that's been my uh, move. Um, but I got some coffee, and then I had two, I just had them, um, I had it from Massachusetts, and I had two um, gummies that are one in one, which means one part CBD and one part THC. And this was from, a, I have to say, man, shout out to Massachusetts in how they're coming out with legalizations. Uh, the, I've only been to a couple of dispensaries there, but they were super classy and the products weren't sketchy and it was good 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 products like that i that guy that i just ran through it but for the last week i was puffing on that outdoor grown flower oh my god that that tasted like champagne that was like from a dispensary she was like i don't have that much but we do have this one sativa that is outdoor grown and that's what I jumped on. Putan, put, it had a weird name. P, I think it's Putan, uh, but it's, a, it's like one of these new hybrids, but it was outdoor grown. And um, I got a prepackaged joints oven. I hit through a couple of joints, but then I started like undoing the joints to take a look at the actual flower. And um, they were, it's, it's called method theory, method theory. Man, um, even their thing, even their pre-rolls, they say, like, is strictly from flour and not from shake, which I appreciate. I guess, you know, that's right when you cut through them, the buds and you have it all taken care of. But the outdoor grown, I mean, I have to say that there was no anxiety around the heart. There was no, and, and I was super duper, but I wasn't. Like the thing about the hydroponics, which is great, but it, I think it comes kind of like a loud motorcycle or, you know, just like some of the shit is just so loud, so funky, so 
you know, almost to the point like it's toxic. Like you can't, you know, it just scrambles up so hard. I mean, it's, I'm not, I mean, there's all kinds of levels to this shit. But uh, for me, you know, if I had my choice, these gummies are great. One in one gummies, these were five milligrams. I took two, I got 10. I'm kind of, I took a half an hour before I started the pod. So right now I'm kind of like doing this, uh, feeling really good and I got my, my unlimited supply of hotel coffee. I'm shooting this on my fisheye lens uh, from my phone, but I have the real glass. So if you wanna watch the video, sign up for the Patreon. If you wanna help me take this project, the Cannabis Coffee Hour, which people are tuning into, the numbers are going up, but please like and subscribe, send it to your friend. You know the vibe, positivity over negativity, all day, every day. Take it to it. It's it's harder to be positive. I know the world's fucked right now. Um, or I mean, if if you consume a lot of media, which I have, but I have to push away, man. I really gotta push away. Um, I want to be informed in all of it, and my heart goes out to Ukraine and the war over there. And but I I'll go down holes of you know I watch videos of oligarchs and where like dudes running these super yachts. There was a cool story that I read about a Ukrainian ship captain that was driving a yacht for an oligarch. I don't know if I told this story before, but I promised myself not to talk about uh, news, but I just wanted to bring this story I just loved, is that he was watching the news and he saw the Russians bombing his home apartment, like where he grew up. And he knew the oligarch had this super yacht that he was the ship captain. You know, these things, those, those, those yachts, I think the whole yachting thing is, it, I get it. I've been out on the sea. I've been out on the boat. You grew up with a lot of trauma or the golf course was boring or whatever. And it's great to be out on the sea. Nobody could fuck with you. And you could finger your butthole and sing um, uh, Frozen at the top of your lungs and nobody cares. And you got some chicks in bikinis and you're popping champagne and doing cocaine. I get it, I understand it, I know the game, but it ain't for me. <laughs> Give me, I like a little rowboat. I'm what, I like a rowboat with one of those motors that you pull like a fucking, like a fucking lawnmower. I had, and then you just whip around. I had one when I was young and uh, we used to spend our summers in Michigan I grew up on a place called Stony Lake. That's where we would go for a couple weeks uh, in Michigan because my mom was from there and we were from DC. But uh, I used to cruise around in this little rowboat that had a, had a little motor on it. And, and then what I loved about it, it had like, like the motorcycle. And you just go, and then the nose would pop up. Dude, I want to get a Zebco uh, fishing pole. And a couple bologna sandwiches? Are you kidding me, brah? Uh, that's what I'm talking about. That's the type of shit I'd be into. So this, yeah, this yacht. So, yo. So this Ukrainian dude was driving this oligarch's yacht, this $9 million yacht. And he knew it was the oligarch. He knew exactly the whole game. And he was like, and they started bombing his home city. And he went right into the yacht. It was docked in Spain. It was off this thing in Spain, somewhere in Spain, which I gotta give a, I gotta go check out Spain. My sister lived there, my brother lived there. I'd never been there and I'm more well-traveled than both of those cats, but everybody I know loves Spain and the people of Spain are dope. And the cannabis scene, I heard, is really good. I almost went to Spanibus. I guess there's this big, their cannabis cup is called Spanibus or something like that. But it's in Spain. I don't know, with COVID, everything's gotten shaken up. And I don't know if it's still going on. But back in the day, that was known. That was what I was kind of eyeing up. I was like, ah, oh, shit, to tap into the whole Spain canna cannabis market. That would be the super shit, you know. But because uh, I hear it's just chill and people just run chill Man, we gotta chill. Um, but no, speaking of this uh, Ukrainian dude taking down this uh, oligarch super yacht, um, 
he didn't he wasn't chill at all but sometimes you know sometimes you gotta sometimes you gotta break it off if you feel it in the heart you know but he went right into the the, the yachts uh engine room and, you know where all the levers and if you drive a big boat you know it's like it's like driving a, 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 a an airplane so he goes right into the engine room and just you know, ticks down all these vessels and the yacht just floods and sinks, ruins the yacht, floods the yacht, sinks the yacht, $9 million. He's working for this cat. He's like, fuck this rich motherfucker. And he's like, wow, wow, wow. And it drops the fucking boat, right? And then the, the Spain, they, they arrest him. They arrest him, they put him in jail and then they put him in trial, you know, they kind of hold him and then you gotta go in front of the judge. And the dude was just like, listen, just told him the dead honest truth, the Spain, Spain court, told him the dead honest truth. Uh, and he was like, he's like, listen, I was watching TV. I'm in this $9 million yacht. I see Russians bombing my home apartment where I grew up and had all my childhood in. And I'm running this millionaire's yacht. And I sank the yacht. I crash the yacht, I would like to be released and go to the Ukraine and fight for my country. And guess what? The Spain dudes were like, the court was like, and, and he was completely unapologetic about it. He just laid out all the information. He was like, dude, they're bombing my childhood home. Um, I would, yeah, I sank this yacht and I would do it again. They let him go. And he flies out and goes to the Ukraine, and then there's a picture of him with a gun. Like, he's ready to fight for his country. Like, wow. But, I don't know, I wanna get out of geopolitical, nationalistic, I just wanna break away from all of that at this moment and kind of focus on uh, how good this cannabis is. Cause it's just stressful. It's stressful, like, these world events, but they've always been going on, like, even when I remember there was like nuclear war talks all the time, there was riots in the 70s, you know, there's racial shit popped off. Um, I think with the internet and everything, like everything is being shown and it's true. When stuff is written in newspapers or radios or interview, but when you're catching it like moment to moment and you're actually absorbing the reality and seeing the pain, and at this point, we're so advanced to even contemplate wars like, I don't know, it's like, it's kind of subhuman. I don't know, it's not subhuman, but it's like, really? But you got to protect your shit, I guess. Um, I'm just thankful to be alive and being able to do this. And it just bums me out that people are so fucking cynical, you know? It just, like, do you understand how beautiful this all is? And really all the suffering that we've been through is like everybody goes through it, you know, and things happen and change and move. But I've also experienced huge highs, you know, huge highs. Some of my favorite highs is like, you know, performing, doing stand up, big crowds, big shows, hanging with cool cats, um, you know, traveling around, smoking good herbs, seeing some great concerts, seeing some, uh, some, I love going to concerts. I did sneak into a concert. I want to give out a shout out to Adam Dubin. Now, Adam Dubin's a very special person to me uh, and a special friend and somewhat of a mentor. Um, he's a director. He actually directed uh, No Sleep to Brooklyn by the Beastie Boys and he directed Nothing Else Matters by Metallica. And he's done some independent films and he's done a ton of music videos, but he's, I mean, Nothing else matters, like, so, I mean, I've talked about that on this uh, podcast, but that's, uh, that's one of the best songs out there, you know? And he did the video for it, and it's super simple, and it's super easy, but it has heart and soul, and that's what this dude has, uh, Adam Dubin. But I went and checked out, he has a new metal band called Das Moose, German. <laughs> Anything German's a little sketch and funny. Um but also kind of metal at the same time. I don't know, Germans and heavy metal is, uh, I don't know, cars. 
Germany makes great cars, but they also were, you know, did World War II and war sucks and not cool. And Adam Dubin's, you know, awesome guy. Uh, actually, is friends with Rick Rubin, was Rick Rubin's roommate in college at NYU. Fascinating dude, but I went and he has a, he, he started a rock band with dudes in the neighborhood in Brooklyn, and there's this cool bar, Lucky 13, which is like a total heavy metal bar with go-go dancers on, this, on the bar. Totally place like if you wanted to drink some Budweiser and do an eight ball with, you know, five old sketchball friends that you used to hang out with. Not that I ever did any of that, you know, but I know those, that world exists and no judgment. Uh, and to watch some metal and drink some beers and smoke some cigarettes and all that shit. Um, this is the bar for that, man. Uh, but no, it was, it's a good drinky bar uh, that ha has a great band room and they have metal. They just have heavy metal rock all the time and they have go-go dancers. Nothing crazy, just girls, like one girl in a bathing suit. Um, on the bar, and then there's a back room. Um, but I had, I was fully masked cause, cause Omicron's popping and you know, I'm overly germed out a little bit. Like I still haven't caught COVID. Um, and I live in Brooklyn. Like I went underground, ground, 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 ground. But I still, I've gotten close a couple times. So I actually got this Perel wipe I'm gonna use. <laughs> but yeah, I washed my hands. I wear my mask. I don't, I'm not psycho, um, but I have been performing, but even performing, like I wear my mask and then I go on stage and take my mask off and I don't hang mob deep after the show, even though I should and it should be, you know, people are making, there's a lot of comedians out there making money during the pandemic, but I'm not into the judgment and, you know, everybody had to make their own fucking call with this shit, so... This is my call. This is a dude that's 48 and that's got a family that enjoys a lot of weed. And even before the pandemic, I was very wary of flu, always got flu shots, always, always have packets of emergency when I was on the road. Always was popping Airborne before the pandemic, man. Airborne, I, Airborne got these great gummies at the grocery store. Airborne gummies, if you get the ones that look like orange slices covered in sugar, those are really tasty and good. That's a good-ass gummy. The cannabis gummies that I just had were really good. They're one in one. I think I told you guys that. One part CBD, one part THC. The CBD gets my elbows, my joints, my neck, my general, like, wakey, achy pain out of the fucking way. Doesn't, you know, it's out. That's always been, that's, that was one part of cannabis back in the day. Like if I, if I didn't have any weed and then I would hit some weed, like I instantly, my body felt better for some reason. Because I do think it's an anti-inflammatory and then it's also, um, yeah, I know it's anti-inflammatory for your joints. And that means like when your joints rub up together when you walk and shit, like it's just that uh, tissue gets all funky and weird. That's how I see it. And then... This kind of brings that down and kind of, you know, think of it like as like some type of salve or lotion for those joints in underneath the skin. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah, this this stuff is great. But I wanted to talk about music and get away from any political stuff because I just don't like the break between people and. And I don't like the judgment and I don't like, like the more I meditate, the more I look at within myself and in my heart, the more, and the more times I've just lived and seen it, the karma kind of play out on motherfuckers and myself. Um, and I know it's a little bit of a distraction and I'm kind of playing some type of weird game in my mind, you know, us versus them. And we all are a part of the big oh, you know, it's like the good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between is all those sounds. And I'm trying to get to that point, you know, just I'm alive, I'm a living creature. I'm going to try to, if I connect with somebody, I'm going to try to make them feel a little bit better or absolutely invisible um 
if I'm interacting with them. You know, just trying to, like, if, I'm, if it's a, a desk person at a hotel, if it's the airline, you get frustrated and all that shit. I get that, man. I get, I pop off. I got, you know, the reason I meditate a lot is I do have anger, deep anger. Um, growing up, 1972, man, growing up in the city in Washington, D.C., taking the public bus every day when I was in kindergarten without my parents, with my, my brother and sister, like, I did that for a few years. And then I went to public school, which was rowdy as hell, man, um, in, in inner D.C. And that was bef even before the fifth grade. And then... I went to a little town in Southern Virginia. I think I've talked all about this, but um, I just been, I, I've seen I've seen the world from a lot of different angles, and what I've come up with, I'm just lucky to be alive, especially at this age. I'm just like, dude, I know so many dead people. My coolest friends are dead. <laughs> Mitch Hedberg, Dan Crawford, uh, shout out Ralphie May. Those are three really good comedian friends that were all very kind to me and helped me out along the way. And just, I love talking to, and their vibe just like fit my vibe and made me feel good. I don't know. Um, some people have that vibe and that's the vibe uh, with the cannabis coffee hour, my man. I've been uh, pumping beats um, I, I did a little research. I've been listening to, a, I mean, I know I talk a lot about hip hop, but I talk, I do love rock and roll. I, and that's, rock and roll, it's an American spirit, you know? It is, rock and roll is nonconformity, absolutely living in the moment and having fun. Like, there's nothing more fun than dancing and rocking out. But, Heavy metal is not dancing, and a lot of that, but I do like metal, and I wonder about it. Like, sometimes I'm like, what's up with heavy metal? You know, it is uh, some Viking shit, you know, but in terms of like, like, there's no real, I always was like, it doesn't have much soul, but Nothing Else Matters is like the most soulful song almost out there. Not the, I mean, there's, I, that's, I mean... I mean, Otis Redding and Al Green and some of the original American soul singers, R&B is like, dude. And that all comes from the church. That all comes from singing in the church. It's, it, evolution is just amazing and it's happening all the time and everything's changing and good stuff makes bad stuff and bad stuff makes good stuff. And all you could do is just be present and be grateful in the moment is what I've found. And I have to say, it's stressful, you know, the, coming out of the pandemic and then Ukraine popping off, but it's, it's definitely not boring. <laughs> but it, it is boring to some extent. Here, shout out to Burt's Beeswax. I think my lips are chapping up. I'm going to hit some hardcore beeswax. What you know about that? Oh. All those lips are healing. Ah, uh, that's like the CBD in your joints, bruh. Ah, uh, oh, that's some good, uh, this is vanilla bean. Ah, oh, I think I snagged this from my wife. This shit's popping. Mmm, vanilla bean. Vanilla bean. Feeling like I just licked an ice cream cone. Uh, vanilla is a good flavor. I do enjoy vanilla. I know people think it's kind of too white, but, uh, it's a classic, and it's good. Uh, especially the, I like when you can see the black dots of the vanilla bean in the white vanilla ice cream. I like that Haagen-Dazs. I like that good, good. <clears throat> yeah, that's, like I've said before, I've been messing with some mint chocolate chip lately. I've been messing with some uh, cookie dough, but you get some good vanilla, like a Haagen-Dazs vanilla, with the good uh, vanilla bean, and then you get some Hershey's chocolate syrup. Those two things together, I don't know, something about the chocolate, 
melting with the vanilla ice cream like that moment and how that goo comes together ah oh, that's that's my jam right there that's a motherfucker um Um, pounding this coffee, loving this life, having some vanilla bean burps beeswax. I'm on 10 milligrams of THC and CBD um, for the day. So, yeah, I'm not puffing any flour. I'm staying cool, but I'm also, I was like, I got to do the cannabis coffee hour, man. Got some hotel coffee, got a few gummies. Let's knock this out. But, I, yeah, I've been listening to this band Clutch a lot and i know i've talked about them and i kind of they kind of like led zeppelin to me like i go all in for a while and then i'm like i gotta get away from heavy metal and um they have kind of a, they have a really distinct sound neil fallon was nice enough to do this podcast i met the band shout out to neil fallon shout out to nick lakiotis the artist the cover art they have a great album called earth rocker and i've been playing a lot of earth rocker um and i've been playing um uh, just like they got a ton of great albums and some just classic jams uh, electric worry if you want to hear just like a sick blues rock riff with awesome drumming like and the other thing is they never cheesed out the whole thing with metal when metal popped off with molly crew and all that shit like it it turned me off because i didn't like dudes with teased up hair and the glam. I get it. I understand the non-conformity and challenging your idea about sexuality and just being pretty is cool, you know, and then. But um, Clutch kept it real. Clutch was more like a minor threat. They, 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 they just were dudes in the same, like, you know, I'm wearing a Yoda t-shirt right now in, in well, actually, I got these pants at Costco. I got these $17 on there, but they, they look like khakis, but I can ski in these bad boys, and they wrinkle, and I'm kind of like jumping flights. I'm doing a quick little weekend to knock out some shit. Um, so I've been wearing these things. I, they may look bad, but I'm kind of at that age. I don't think they look bad. They got a, the, the pocket zippers. But the only thing, it's fast, it's, it's fast fashion. It's made in China for like 17 bucks. So they cost so cheap, and I don't know if these pants, I don't know if it's polyester, it's biodegradable into the planet. So I gotta watch that. I gotta watch uh, the media that I consume. That's something I'm watching. I'm gonna stay away from politics as much. I mean, I'm gonna stay informed and I'm gonna vote. But I'm gonna try to keep it like it used to be, like don't talk politics with people too much you know or don't talk religion too much because everybody's got their own gig and everybody comes from a different direction like i've always said like if your dad was republican most likely you're going to end up republican if your dad was catholic you're going to end up catholic or your mom you know it just gets passed down or you're rebelling against it or maybe you fall away but most likely that's where it stems from and that i mean a lot of my beginning of any of my political ideas stem from my parents, you know. But some people aren't like that. And my parents were, you know, de you know, Democrats. They weren't hippies or liberals. They grew up in the 50s. Like, yeah, my dad was from the fucking old school, man. Did not play around. But he was into helping people. He was into public school systems. He was into uh, public funded... Uh, music he helped actually in washington dc uh the duke ellington school where Chappelle went to my dad helped fund that whole thing and get that whole campaign started to build that thing um um he was yeah so it's just like yeah i'm into the arts man <laughs> i like comedy i like music and speaking of i like clutch but get away from politics there's like the labeling, that's the problem. The labeling of shit, you know? It's like, he's a Democrat, he's a Republican. It's, and I, it gets tricky with race, so I won't bring it up. But even sexual, it's like the labels, the labels. But the more labels, the more the putting in corners and breaking it off and organizing, the more of that, you, you lose the essence of life 
which is to live, baby. It's to live, live, live and rock out. And that's what I love about rock and roll. It is a, you know, a screaming at the universe of living in the moment, almost like a mantra of some, some sort. But what was it? Oh, so yeah, I went to, I've been just pumping a lot of my favorite rock band, Clutch. Oh, they don't dress like cheese balls. They play kind of go-go beats. Shout out to my friend Jake Frank. A dude from Buffalo turned me on um, to these guys. Because I'm not like a heavy metal dude. You know, I like punk rock. But anything that went into nihilism or super cynical, go fuck yourself and the world sucks and everything sucks and eat my turtle's ass type of mentality, that's when I would start to be like, I don't know, man. I don't know about that. I kind of I kind of like to... Uh, I like to celebrate the essence of now. In, the, in celebrating the essence of now, suffering, you can remove suffering. Unless you're suffering in that moment. I don't want to get too fucking, I mean, you're going through some shit. But a lot of times it's all in the head and you're thinking about it and the bing, And then you're like, motherfucker, you walk outside and you absorb all this internet and bullshit and and IG and all that stuff and jealousy and all that stuff. And then you go outside and you look at the tree and there's a woodpecker there and you're like, yo, man, that is fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've been going heavy, pumping a lot of Beastie Boys. I mean, if you, let's see, this, this, this was super disco breaking. Check that out if you, I mean, I listened to every Beastie Boys song ever. And uh, that one's really kicking for me right now. Listen to a little MF Doom. Been listening to, I've been watching a lot of uh, reaction. That's like my guilty pleasure is watching reaction videos. Reaction videos to Pink Floyd. Reacting, I've been watching a lot of reaction videos to Clutch. Because Clutch never penetrated like the top 40 scene or like mass super, like I would say, they were always just below like System of the Down or just like, just like in terms of multi-billion sales. And once you start talking records and egos and fucking shit like that. But they, to me, they just were fucking not cheesy and they rocked for all the right reasons. And they continuously put out new shit that's creative, but they also have their boundaries. They know what their sound is. No move around within it but they also stick to what makes it good, which is just like straight up good blues, rock and roll with a go-go tinge because they're dudes from Maryland. Maryland. Let's see here. But yeah, um, but I wanted to talk about this study that I found fascinating. That heavy metal actually is good for you. That's this, what, what's happening is studies shows listening to heavy metal Music is good for your health. How can headbanging be a good thing? It lowers your drug. They did a whole study, and supposedly like super heavy, like Slayer, it lowers your blood pressure um, for some reason. And it actually, I don't know, I think you could, there's no way of getting out anger and aggression without violence. You know, because we all have these confusions and angers and violent, like, and you're like, oh, this motherfucker, if I saw Putin, I'd punch him in his fucking mouth. Motherfucker doesn't know me. I'll talk, uh, you know, just like, I think there's this play on people's inner violence. And, and heavy metal actually is a way for you to process that and that and kind of even give you a, a sense of confidence. Um, but let's, let me get into this article a little bit because I don't know if I'm explaining it just right, but according to a new study conducted by the Versa Vera clinic, I don't know who they are. Heavy metal is one of the best genres of music for improving your health. Write down when you're, what you're feeling when you listen to a song and then write down how you feel when you're listening to the song. Who knew a song called Raining Blood could make you feel so calm? Findings from studies showed that heavy metal music can lower your blood pressure, heart rate, and help reduce 
feelings of anxiety. Listen, so heavy metal like kind of kills the demons, you know, the anxiety demons. Participants listened to a curated playlist made up of songs from various music genres. Volunteers were fitted with heart rate and blood pressure monitors as their health information was recorded through the study. Researchers found heavy metal music to be the second most effective genre at reducing anxiety as 89% of the volunteers reported a decrease a decrease in blood pressure. Additionally, their heart rates dropped by an average of 18%. In terms of heavy metal, I observed that angry music can help listeners process their feelings and as a result lead to greater well-being. Wow, that is heavy. 80s pop music was the leading genre as 96% of the persistent participants reported lower blood pressure while listening to the playlist. So 80s music and heavy metal <laughs> brings down anxiety. Well, maybe, well, they did the study, but I don't know. Uh, I do know like young millennials like 80s music. Like there's something about Hall and Oates or Lionel Richie that is just dope. At the time, I remember that music coming out and it being um, really cheesy and bonk. To, you know, I was like, man, look, you know, put on some minor threat or put on some hip hop. I was all about early run DMC, Houdini. Dude, I even had records from Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. If you even know hip hop and you don't know Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, you can't talk to me, okay? You can't talk to me. Uh, they were like the very first group that was produced by Russell Simmons, and they had a whole shtick. Uh, one was like uh, super. They were Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, uh, but they they were around that Houdini, that Houdini album, even probably predated a little bit of that. Um, just you know, early '80s hip hop. Like I'm talking like that's probably like '82. Hip hop. In terms of hip hop, it evolved so fast. So there's a Big difference between 79 and 84. Huge difference. Like when, you know, Run DMC came out, I'll tell you, that first album was just fucking it smashed. And then the Beasties, they were kind of like little baby brothers. But then they evolved, you know, what's cool about them is they weren't a hip hop band, they were a punk rock band. And the thing about punk rock is, you don't have to be that good of a musician. It's more about just going for it, you know? That's what I tell people about comedy, though. Like, how do you get into comedy? What do you do? There's nothing to it but to do it. You just gotta go do it, man. You gotta go find an open mic or find a friend that does comedy, check it out for a while, try to figure it out, write out some jokes, and then go see if you can rock it out. That's what I did. Took no lessons. I just knew in my heart when I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. And then when I did it, it fucking exploded inside of me. And then, I mean, the first time I did it, I killed it. I really was like, I didn't kill, but it was a weird open mind. I talked about it. It was in, uh, in San Francisco, right on Market Street, this place called The Luggage Store. Weird art open mic, but tons of homeless people. It's right below the Tenderloin. It literally is where the Tenderloin and like Market Street. Market Street is like the main, like where, you know, Sears and Roebuck and shit was at. Like down there, like there's business buildings and shit down there. But there's also kind of this city environment. But there was this weird uh, place called the luggage store. And I went up there and there was no microphone. It was all folding chairs. And uh, I signed up because I thought you had to sign up to get in. I didn't understand that the sign up was actually to get on stage. And then the dude said my name and I just went up and started talking some shit. And uh, I mostly was talking about going for comedy and what I needed to do and who I was. And I was expressing myself and it, and I, it was getting laughs. And uh, right afterwards, I was like, oh, I'm going to do this. Show. I'll be on Saturday Night Live in next week. Uh, and then 20 years later, <laughs> I haven't been on Sarah Live, but uh, I have friends that have. 
shout out to Alex Moffat. I perform shows with him. He's doing a great job on Saturday Live right now. I don't want to drop famous names of cats, uh, but he went to my college, so I just always feel like a kinship. Like, go young buck, do that shit. Um, but yeah, that, that always tripped me out, that heavy metal, as aggressive and like, sometimes I hear that shit, you're like, oh my God, what is he killing a fucking chicken with a hammer? What the fuck's going on? But the weird thing is, it, yeah, I think it, it helps people process anger. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I saw Das Mood talk about heavy metal, but it's four dudes, heavy bass, uh, killing it. So my friend Adam Dubin started this band and uh, they're playing this heavy metal bar with chick dancers on the bar. Like, it was old school, man. And people were just getting drunk and smoking cigarettes. Not inside the van, you can't do anything. But it had, you know that vibe I'm talking about. It had that vibe. And uh, we had a blast, man. I checked out the band and they just rocked out. And uh, yeah, he, you know, he does films, he does videos, but he is also starting a band and, and putting it out there and, and they'll put out music. Just like I just did with my caffeinated dope rhymes. If you haven't, please check it out. Uh, I want to do more music, but right now I'm shifting for, to comedy. I have to talk about this, actually. I'm just booked. We're doing Rob Cantrell and Super Friends at Littlefield all summer long. I got a series of shows. If you're ever in New York, remember this. The last Sunday of every month, the last Sunday, talking June. Um, we're talking June, baby. Uh, June 26th, uh, Rob Cantrell and Super Friends. I'm going to book it out. I'm going to book three other comics or music acts. I don't know. It's going to evolve. And I usually open up to the universe and... Just kind of vibe out and who I'm fucking with and who I can get there. And I want to make it diverse. I want to cross all kinds of platforms. But when I say diverse, I mean, I, I'll have some... I mean, I almost had Tracy Morgan at the last one. I did send him a couple texts. I, I bet he wanted to... Uh, I heard he... Well, I can't say anything, but he is an old friend. So him, you know, I've had Bill Burr on this podcast. If they're in town and I have a show going on and we're old friends and they want to do a spot, I'm going to put them up. So I, I got my own little spot, and the place is Littlefield. I mean, it's so dope. The bar, the stage, the sound, it's sick. It's big and little and little and big at the same time. It's exactly what you want for a Sunday night comedy show. So the last Sunday of each month, Rob Cantrell and Super Friends, I'm hosting. I'm going to bug out. I had such a fun time at the last one. We sold a ton of tickets. Uh, we came out in the green. I paid everybody. Um, and it was literally the coolest experience for me because I just walked to the show. I went to the green room. Three friends sh showed up. Joe Para, Matt Koff, and uh, Victor Vernado. Uh, all great comedians. Victor Vernado was on Pluto Nash. He played one of the aliens. And he's been in a bunch of movies. He was in a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's done Conan. He directs. He does films. Um, so he came through and did a set. And then Matt Koff, Emmy Award winning writer for The Daily Show. He wrote for Jon Stewart and he wrote for Trevor Noah. If you, I mean, any of the really good jokes, I would guess, if you hear Trevor Noah, just, I mean, Trevor Noah is a funny cat and he's going to crack some jokes. But on The Daily Show, like if they're doing a subject, any like super funny one, I'm betting it's a math, Matt Koff joke. The dude's a beast with jokes and funny and just a cool cat. Good dude. Uh, I like good people. I like funny and good people. Some people are funny and then, then they're fucking dicks and you're like, ah, oh, man, get this motherfucker out of here. But funny and cool, yeah, that's, that's, that's the mint chocolate chip right there. Um, yeah, it was like, uh, and then Joe Parra, man. How can you not love Joe Parra? Joe Parra... That dude's revolutionary, man. He's putting non-cynical humor out there, man. Like, really? Like, with heart and realness, but it's also funny and subtle and not too cornball. He's a lot hipper than you think, man. Um, in the sense, he's still that guy offstage, but it, it's all about presentation and, and, and 
working with good people and doing something that's, you know, with every, I think my generation, Gen X, and everything's just so aggressive and extreme and you had to be so oddball and like he just broke it down to like the simplest thing about the goodness of life and family and friends and then also making it funny so yeah he's just doing dope shit man and to have him come through and hold it down for me was huge man huge for me um and he huge just look back on my life like these are the cats that i fuck with man this is great um, and that I'm doing shows with. So every the last Sunday of every month, I'm doing a show at Littlefield in Brooklyn, and it's Rob Cantrell and Super Friends. And the and the best thing for me is that I just do a ton of time. I'm just up and down. I bring people on, and I've been doing this for so long that I just know. Um, I can stand up there and talk it through or work out some old jokes or work out some new jokes. I brought my notebook. I was talking with the comics in the back. I was bringing out new shit. I was bringing them off and on. Like, uh, that's, that's how you learn. That's how I, you know, I did duck out during COVID. So it's just been a good way of me just getting back on stage and just working it out. And what I'm finding is I'm just having even more fun than I did before COVID. Um, and just, you know, it's just my own show and producing it. When it works, when it doesn't work, it's going to suck. <laughs> but when it really worked out and the venue held me down and, and the comics held me down. So check it out. Uh, Littlefield in Brooklyn. Google that. Uh, I'll have it on robcantrell.com. Those are the shows I have listed. I'm coming to Denver the weekend after 420. I'm also doing a live stream on 420. It's going to get announced, so I'm not talking about it. But if you want to see me do some stand-up with some bugged-out characters, uh, I'm going to be doing that on a live stream. Uh, I'm not producing it. My friend is, but uh, we'll you'll hear about that soon. Um, but I'm doing Denver and Boulder that weekend after 420. So in April, I'll be in Denver and Boulder. Look it up. It's on robcantrell.com. We're right at 51 minutes, and I've been loving talking to you. I appreciate you. Like, subscribe. Um, you know, love your mama, even if she's dead. Uh, and have a great day. Peace and love. We are...